1: So my daughter has been taking great joy in helping me cook recently. And so I've been putting her up in her uh, child tower. I don't know what the technical name of it is, but it's a tower uh, that lets her climb up and be at the same level as me while I'm cooking. And so I give her a butter knife uh, and let her Uh, chop things. And she likes to say, I cut, I cut, I cut. And tonight she was cutting tomatoes because we were making a chickpea salad. And, uh, she enjoyed that. Uh, last week, uh, we were cutting avocados and she was very excited by cutting avocados. Uh, and especially since they are very easy to cut by, uh, with a butter knife. And she just really enjoys cooking. I enjoy cooking. I like having her there when I'm cooking. So. It's a really nice experience, and it's one of the only nice things in 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 these times. So, that's what I did tonight. I, I cooked with my daughter, and it was delightful.
0: That sounds wonderful. I, I I'm in Kentucky, which is why I'm on the phone right now, and uh, with my family, and we're at a lake, and we've been able to swim in the lake. Basically every day since we've been here, we roasted s'mores last night. My two-year-old is becoming a three-year-old tomorrow, so I'm I'm in my own little bubble that is not a part of 2020 for the most part.
1: How well, far there was Adam, good
0: news out of the Supreme Court, so that was good.
1: Yes, Adam, how you're in Kentucky? How far are you from Mammoth Cave National Park?
0: Not far, um, less than an hour, I think.
1: I only bring that up because that's where I learned how to tie my shoes. Nice. Yeah, nice. we, we uh, took a nice. camping. We took a camping trip there when I was a small child, and that, one of my very park, few-
0: not in the cave.
1: Correct. We were camping uh, near the cave, but not in the cave. And uh, what I remember is after I woke up one morning, and we and we got up, I was just like, I do this and this, and th- and my shoes are tied.
0: It's a wonderful memory. It is. I think they do offer camping inside the cave and I'm much more keen to do that than my wife is. So uh, we'll see if I can, uh, if I can con one of my kids into doing it in a, on a future. Trip, on, Cause we come out here every uh, year or two.
1: I'm on team, your wife. I, I like, I, <laughs> I would camp at the cave. I would go into the cave, but I would not camp in the cave.
0: Jason, what say you?
2: Uh, I have no cave experience. Uh, I am, uh, East coast trash. Uh, I don't know anything about these places with caves. We don't have caves. Virginia has caves. I don't go to Virginia.
1: <laughs> I think I've made didn't come to our I'm pretty clear on that point. I mean, I'm we know, we know, we know I, you don't come to Virginia. We know you. I will Virginia. say there was,
2: there was a middle school trip to the Ray caverns as any middle schooler in this region probably That's has exactly. the opportunity. Uh, And I don't remember exactly why, but I didn't go. It wasn't a hostility to Virginia. It was something else um, that I I don't
1: know.
2: Maybe, but probably not. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I, I don't remember why there were there were several of those. There was like a go to New York trip that I didn't go on for some reason. I think that one was just you had to pay a lot of money to go. Um, and it was like I to go to see reason. like the Rockettes and then come back. It, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> it, not really a trip to New York, quite frankly. It's a trip to a place in New York, but not a real New York trip. Um, my first real New York trip involved watching two guys with uh, extreme Brooklyn accents get into an argument over whether or not one of them had been given enough napkins at Papaya King. Uh, <sighs> and it was... It was literally the first exchange between random New Yorkers I've ever seen. I had ever seen in my entire life. And I was like, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. I wouldn't change it for the world. Just two guys swearing at each other over whether or not the papaya king had given him enough napkins, uh, which uh, is an easy dispute. Like just, you know, ask for some more napkins. You don't have to yell at the guy, but apparently you do. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And it your was, life it,
0: continues to be a TV show that I would watch. So, um,
2: I, there's a lot of downtime that isn't so fun. That gets edited out. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're just I, talking I, highlights, like the Truman
1: two. Show. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I, I mean, mean, I assume Jason that there's shop. a
0: lot of the 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 life of you know the people and friends, or How I Met Your Mother, or uh, the lifestyles really of the rich funny. and famous. That's not the, uh, no, I was going more sitcom, but you know, why not? Let's, life, Lifestyles of Papaya King. Let's do it. Hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster, not Lifestyles of Papaya King. Uh, it's Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. I'm Adam Taylor, joined by Jason Anderson and Ben Bromley. We're all from blackandredunited.com, where we like to talk about soccer. And in just a few short weeks, we will be able to because MLS is back. Um, and that's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure don't. out whether that's a good or bad thing, maybe, but but it's, it's true, is the thing. Um, before we get to that, though, before MLS can come back, I have to ask Ben, what are you drinking?
1: So, a little while ago, I went and bought some of DC's finest Green Hat gin, and I'm having some Green Hat gin and tonic. 'Cause it's summer and it's tonic season and Green hat gin is really the best gin I've ever had, so you gotta go it's with it. It's a
0: wonderful gin. I really like it. They they're I like their first batch even better than their what the formulation? Oh, i like know. their first so batch. Oh, oh, I'm Adam hey, Taylor. I've yeah.
1: had their first batch. Oh, ooh, look at me! I'm so. I, got, I was into them before they put out their batch, first batch, album. number one. Yes, I did.
0: <laughs> I didn't get a pre-first batch though. There were people who got. Oh, I didn't pre- get a pre-first batch, batch. There,
1: but I got the first batch because I'm Adam Taylor.
0: Those, those are the people that watched Hamilton when it was at the public before it went to Broadway. Um,
1: well I, no, but, well I watched the preview when wonderful. it was at the at the white house well i watched the mixtape even before it was the public at the, at the off broadway i think
2: there's a whole verse on the lcd sound system song losing my edge about adam and and uh this gin i, th- I certainly hope so um <laughs> that would that would be an honor you know honestly <laughs> jason what are you drinking uh, ben is is pretty pretty on the ball with his drink choice, uh, and I'm in a very similar ballpark. Um, I took some Tanqueray. Uh, I don't have quite as good of a gin, but Tanqueray is still pretty good. Um, I wanted to make a gin Ricky. I realized I didn't have the proper or the proper sparkling water that I prefer, but I do have a bunch of Lacroix, so I subbed that in. Oh God! Um, it's so it's a grapefruit Lacroix uh, gin Ricky otherwise traditional but you know it's not bad uh, honestly it's not
1: it's no that's not good better.
2: yeah it's not better than a gin ricky a natural gin ricky but it's it's completely fine all right i'm you know i'll accept it you know you make two with what you have um yeah Gr- I, i'm Gr- having Gr- a for- mark yeah you, you you couldn't do a gin hat trick uh no i
0: couldn't do the gin hat trick we didn't have any okay. um so I, I'm drinking a Marg. Uh, we have some El Tesoro uh, mm-hmm. Reposado tequila out of, what's the name of it? The Arandas? Or no, La Alpeña distillery in in Mexico, because you can't call it tequila if it's not from Mexico. Um, and it's, it's quite good. Just some triple sec and some fresh lime juice, top shelf lime juice, as we've established on this show. Right. Um, yep and from limes from limes yes that's where the top shelf lime juice comes from and it's it's pretty tasty um before we get into the meat of the show i want to encourage anyone listening to this who hasn't listened to last week's episode which came out on friday of last week to go back and do that we talked to chris adulia HM about black lives matter and about mls returning to play and um it, it was Chris was a, a fantastic interview and was really kind of brutally honest with with everything. And uh, I think it's really worth listening to. So if you haven't listened to that, go do that um, either now yes, or we, we, when you're done with this episode.
1: No, no. Stop. The, pause this episode. Go back to that one. We'll be here in twenty. Uh, 20- Two ish, twenty-three minutes. I think how long it is, and we're we're just going to put a twenty-two minute uh, a pause of silence right here in this episode, so you can uh, go listen to that.
2: Literally, by pausing this episode, you have control over whether we leave or not, um, because it's the future. We can't stop you from pausing, um, so we have to stay. Uh, it's all it's all in your hands. Then in lieu of putting
0: in a 22 minute silence, which won't play while people have paused this episode to listen to the other one, is there any chance you could put in like some hold music, just some, some music or, or something from a Monty Python intermission bit?
1: I mean, that's copyrighted. No,
0: no, no, nothing.
1: Silence is the only option.
0: well. We'll enjoy the silence. That's that also 90, right it It's That's true. <laughs> it can't win. Nope. It's, it's been 99 days as we record this since MLS last played a league game. We only have to wait 23 more days until July 8th because the league returns to the field on July 8th, exactly four months to the day after their last league game for the absolutely wonderfully named MLS's is backed tournament just it's awful I, I i want to know how much money they paid for someone to come up with that name i really do it's worth every it, cent
2: it is truly <laughs> the lowest effort name that they could have thought of um yeah it's it's awkward uh to write about especially if you have to write you know mention it in multiple paragraphs or if to allude to it um there aren't that many things you can call something that unwieldy without burdening your reader with the phrase MLS is Back Tournament over and over again. Uh and I don't want to do that to MLS our, League Cup. It, yeah, just call it call it something else. Give it a shorter name, you know, call it the Echeverry Cup uh or something you know any anything like that would have been fine but the instead they Cup. gave Yeah, j- they just gave it the most like bulky and unpleasant uh.
1: The opportunity it's, I mean, it's even not
2: good in even anyway. nwsl like did a much better job the challenge cup. calling it the NWSL
0: challenge cup like yeah right it it's it indicates that it's different it, it gets the league it gets that it's a special thing and that, it's a knockout
2: cup it's a tournament there a, there isn't a word in the middle of it that has to be left in lowercase uh <laughs> um yeah there's no there's nothing appealing about the name at all and it feels like a lot of things with this tournament, it feels like it wasn't thought very deeply about as we're recording this. We don't know when the games are being played. We know the period of time that they will happen in, but we don't know what day or date the specific games that we want to talk about are being played because th- they didn't hash that out yet. I understand not having the exact schedule
0: um, with a made TV event. It's in like three weeks. absolutely is. No, I understand having not having it when the draw happens, because you want to make sure you get the best matchups in that 8 o'clock Eastern time. You don't want them at 1030 when the East Coast has gone to bed. You don't want them at 9 a.m.
1: when the West Coast. Why Texas don't you? The, up, MLS but, has done this forever.
2: Can I propose well, I, a solution and, to this? And they're making something up, but why not have it two days later? Why are we four days later and we don't have it yet? Here's what they should have done. Uh, We all saw the the charmingly lo-fi draw event um, that (gasps) Susanna Collins and Charlie Davies had to put on, which was just Charlie Davies. Uh, Oh, man, for 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 separating them out, it
1: was as good as it could have gone. Um, I mean, Charlie Davies and Susanna Collins were so game, but those the uh, members of the MLS teams who were on the call so did not want to be there. Uh, Ali Curtis did not want to be there at all. He wanted to be anywhere else. Of course. Uh, And they
2: didn't they did not help uh, their hosts. When you guest get this is a pro tip for anyone listening. If you guest on a podcast or a video stream of any kind, try and help your hosts out a little bit. If you get along with them at all, Uh, just give them one word answers are bad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Give them a little life. Give them, you know, if they try and have a little banter when they're introducing you, you know, give a laugh, give something. Um, But the soccer guys gave nothing. Um, But in any case, what they could have done to fix this is they should have had ESPN, Fox and Univision there and made them draw matchups while this was going on. They should have had ESPN saying, all right, we'll take uh, galaxy LAFC. And then uh, Fox could have said, you know, we want uh, the opener uh, and so on and so forth. They should have had them drafting it at the time. And it should have been the same situation where one executive from the network is sitting there, hopefully giving a little more to their hosts than the soccer side, um, because they're on TV. They should know um, they could have had this straightened out right then and there. And it would have been a fun little thing. And, sure, there are fan bases that would have been irritated. I think quite in fact, uh, our group might have been the group that was the least wanted out of those three uh, broadcasts. Um, When you've got two Canadian clubs, the Revs and DC United. Um, But nonetheless, uh, I think it would have been more fun to do it that way, at least more interesting, and we would know when the games are. Uh, We don't now. Uh, And that's frustrating. Truly is.
0: So a little more about the tournament for anyone who hasn't been paying, hanging on every detail, like several of us have been, because what else are we going to do to distract ourselves from everything in the world? Um, It kicks off July 8th. There are six groups. There's going to be a World Cup style daily schedule where we're not sure exactly if it'll be one group on each day, but that seems pretty likely. Um, there's gonna be three time slots, nine a.m., eight PM, and ten thirty PM, all East Coast time.
2: Well hold on. Um, it can't be it can't be one group per day other than group A, because if you've got three time slots, most groups only have two games that can be played in a in a given day. Oh that's that's true. So there so will be group possible, So, so one just and like and half the World Cup where day, where possibly. Where, yeah. Yeah.
1: There are a bunch of groups. But also That'll mean that even though it's on the East coast, there'll be plenty of MLS after dark.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Yes. Those ten thirty 30 kickoff. Yeah. A lot. And also, you know, we'll have to come up with MLS breakfast or DC United with eggs or, or something for that,
2: that eight Kegs and a.m. united uh, hashtag MLS too early because those 9am <laughs> games, go- games are going, those 9am games are going to be a train wreck. Uh, players are not conditioned to be playing at their best at that time. Like the whole, the whole day is built. Generally speaking, the whole day is built so that you're ready to be physically and mentally at your best around game time, which is in the evening. This is the opposite. This is like 12 hours earlier. Um, Those 9am games are going to be the worst played games
1: of the tournament. Uh, I guarantee it. Um, Especially when. Go ahead should we sign some uh USL players who are used to play like USL veterans maybe not even recent USL players who are used to playing like ridiculous uh time periods
2: yeah some of the old um the old like the old friday sunday um yeah,
1: yeah Ronnie team, pascal but, lee calisha joseph nguenya
2: there was we a champions one. league there was a champions league game a few years ago between Dallas and Toronto that got rained out and both teams had a midweek game or a weekend game uh, to to deal with as well. And so to get it done, uh, they just played the next morning. So they played at like 10 AM in front of maybe a dozen fans that could make it out on short notice to this game. Um, So if there are any veterans left over from that, which it was long enough ago that probably aren't. they might have some insight, but really, the games gonna those games are going to be bad. I mean, the whole tournament is going to be lower quality than normal, but the 9 a.m. games, I understand why they exist, but they are going to be a farce.
0: They are. Um, after the group stage, 16 teams will go on to the knockout round, the, the top two from each group, plus the four highest third-place teams. And I'm, I think we'll get into a little later about why that's actually a little bit messed up. Uh, given the unbalanced groups, um, the final be August 11th. Group a. <laughs> or we'll get into it right now. Um, so Group A has six teams in it because MLS has 26 teams, and there's no way to split that into even numbered groups. Um, and it took me a little while to to re- come to the realization. I had to have it explained to me that. Uh, you can't do five-team groups in a three-game group stage. It just mathematically does not work. And so you have to have the six-team group. And that makes things a little bit awkward because it's very likely that the fourth-place team in Group A will be better than at least the top four uh, third-place teams in other groups, which means Group A is potentially getting screwed. That said, Group A has two decent teams in it and a bunch of chat So I'm not going to feel that bad about this particular instance of that, but it's still something that if and when MLS does this again in the future, which my hunch is this could be a February thing going forward. I would not put it past MLS, um, especially if the ratings do anything other than garbage. Um, MLS will absolutely go to their TV partners and say, Hey, do you want more of this in February when there's not a, you know, after the Super Bowl, when there's not a lot else happening, how about a tournament that's made for TV and it'll shorten our offseason? It'll be great. I, I I would be 0% shocked if that happened, but it's something they'll have to figure out if they do that.
2: I'm not as convinced that it'll be an easy sell because everyone's going to know that the ratings were high because there was, depending on what Major League Baseball decides to possibly... No other, uh, men's professional sporting events on TV. Uh, the options will be MLS and WSL, USL. Um, and eventually the NBA premier league. If they, I I don't, I don't know that they play soccer in Europe. I've heard rumors, but it could be, could be true. Um, there, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know when you would fit this in is the problem. Um, You know, if you, the ideal time to fit it in would be to not have the playoffs and play this whole thing after the regular season, but the playoffs are not going anywhere. So I don't know when you, like, if you plug this in before the season and make it a preseason tournament every year, there are teams that need X number of games to guarantee they'll be built up for the regular season that won't get them because they'll underperform in the group stage. And then they'll have to scramble to, you know, schedule random friendlies, which teams don't like to do that. So I don't know how... Um, from an infrastructure perspective, uh, how this will fit in exactly. That said...
0: I think what they would do is move the preseason earlier, make this like actual group stage. One of the things with this is the, the group stage for this tournament will count toward the regular season. I've seen that suggested. I think Grant Wall, among others, has said they should do a preseason tournament in Arizona or Tampa or wherever to... That actually counts for the preseason and do it in February, so they can start the season earlier. That was a few years ago I, that I saw that. So can't, coming I, back you around, can't move,
1: you can't move the preseason any earlier than it was this year. Like they started yeah. in late in late February. You can't move no, no, the in, January into December. Well, no, but I mean, they started the season in late February. You can't. You but and yeah. then moving everything back, you can't start the preseason in late December it just right it doesn't work like you can this was this early in the beginning of yeah. January
0: like people do indoor you do indoor workouts in your home market go down south to Florida Arizona or Mexico for the the actual preseason and go from there and the tournament will be in a warm weather location I I think there are there are solutions to any questions that are that are uh, brought up uh, so far
2: all right let me pose one for you then um, why on earth should dreadful MLS preseason action be counted towards the regular season? That, that part of it is a non-starter for me because we've all sat through MLS preseason games and we know they don't really resemble MLS soccer. Uh, making those games count to me is off the table. Um, well, I'm not saying make the preseason games count. I'm saying yes. you move the preseason you, you, brought it up, though.
0: you. I'm saying you move the preseason earlier and then you open the regular season earlier. And so you you make these, you're making these early season games, which are also typically not very well played and you're, well, you're putting them on a bigger stage, but you're also have kind of have the stage to yourself because right after the Super Bowl, the NBA and NHL aren't at fever pitch playoff races yet. And there's no baseball. The NFL is over. People are looking for sports and you have this essentially made for TV event there that you can offer to the tv to the networks and say we're going to do this and then that gives you momentum going into the actual opening of the regular season in early march or
2: whenever i think you're completely momentum uh i i wonder what would compel fans to take this serious more seriously than the preseason which we already know is for the nerds uh and like the nerds among the nerds. a lot of people just already don't care about MLS preseason. What would make them care more about this than well, and what's already there? Well, Jason, how
0: hard is it sim- to access MLS preseason right now? How many preseason games were you able to watch as someone who actively sought it out? Well, and year? similarly, more than, worse than
1: ever. Sure. Well, yeah, and similarly... People don't care about it because it's hard. Well, and similarly, people don't care about the US Open Cup and people can watch the US Open Cup and it's a similar style tournament. It just happens in the middle of the year and people still don't care about it. It doesn't happen with games this?
0: every day. It doesn't happen with a group stage that resembles, you know, a format that people think of as a big deal. It's not on national TV. Like they, they're be to meet, team. but I think this is absolutely something that MLS could repeat as a, an early season thing in future years. I would be,
2: I mean, I, I would be shocked doubt, if
0: they didn't try it.
2: I don't doubt that they will be interested in trying it. Um, if it gets the ratings, because even though I, like I said earlier, I think the ratings are going to be better than they should be because of the lack of competition. Um, I don't think MLS is going to pretend that that's the case. They're going to say, look, the ratings are better because everyone loves us now. Um, And they will try and propose this. I don't know that necessarily there'll be a lot of buyers, quite frankly, I don't have the same confidence level in it. Um, And if it's a made for TV calendar filling event, it's like if, if some of even, if even some of the MLS nerds can't get that excited for it, no one else is going to get excited for it. And that's that's where I kind of, I am suspicious about how much people will care about another one of these that doesn't have months of no soccer uh, and finally getting some soccer as it's, um, you know, a boost to it. I, if that boost isn't there, I don't know who's going to want to watch. But I don't, I like I said, I, I do think MLS will want to try it again um, if it's at all successful, which also, you know, uh, what? Uh, how do we define success in this? Because like to my mind, if they successfully get through this thing without a litany of positive tests and having to abandon the whole thing, that's probably a success, uh, regardless of how the soccer plays out. Yeah, I think
0: on a human level, that's how you measure success, right? Is right. not getting a bunch of people sick with a very dangerous illness. Um, on a commercial level, which I just threw up in my mouth saying that, Uh, I I think it's going to come down to how happy the TV partners are, how happy the networks are. And if they're happy, then MLS is going to be like, do you want more of this? Because we can figure out a way to get you more of this. And I I think in that February zone after the Super Bowl, there's not a lot happening in sports that people are really tuned in for. And so getting something there uh, would would absolutely be something the networks are interested in. I think that's, that's kind of where my thinking on this is. And also I, I know how starved for soccer I am right now. And mm. that is probably influencing me. And I also remember how starved for soccer I was last February when we couldn't watch preseason games. And I really want to be able to watch more MLS and more of DC United, more of the year. And so I'm I'm probably just, you know, cooking up ways to be able to do that. <laughs>
1: Sure, I, I just—I don't think the players, the the players union is going to agree to this. I, I, I it's kind of like the football uh, preseason where they're trying to to put in extra games. I just. I think it's just putting yeah, too to much pressure on the players. You've got to, and you've also got to give the players more money. And MLS does not seem inclined in any way, shape, or form to, give, to want to give the players more money. And if the players aren't getting any more money, they have no reason to want to do this.
0: I don't think you have to give the players more money if you are yeah, removing you some regular season games for this if you're replacing regular well, why, games which mls would is already MLS... going to an unbalanced schedule so i wouldn't be surprised if if the tv money is there they're replacing gate money with tv money and that's something that could the math could work on um sure but, but also, we have no MLS proof is that is a, there. mls is throwing in a prize pot here there's there's 1.1 $1. $1 million dollar prize pool for this tournament if you get the the networks involved and a sponsor involved because there's no name sponsor on this. You could get a sponsor involved and get even more money for a February tournament, which means that the teams are quite literally bought in. So there there's ways I think to address, to to make this work in a way that that would be interesting and and fun. Um, Because I'm, I'm like weirdly hyped for this tournament. I'm, I'm excited for MLS to exist every single day for several weeks. And that's something that I like that anticipation is fun, and so thinking of a way to uh, replicate that, I think is is cool and fun
2: <laughs> a, a a A bizarre tournament that allows preseason games to be available. I'll take Say it. something that's more MLS um, than that <laughs> right um, because this year's move away from showing preseason games to anyone was absurd um and it was an mls decision um they were telling teams not to put streams out teams were putting forward that they could put a stream together and the league was rejecting them when they were asking about that so um if the league is dumb enough to not allow people to see preseason games um but they would show what would be the equivalent of preseason games for a espn or fox uh, centric tournament. Fine. Um, I'll accept that if it means that we get to watch the teams and know something about them before the season begins. Um, I'm also, now that you mentioned it, I am thankful that there is not a presenting sponsor for this tournament, uh, because that would be the one thing that could make the name worse. Would you prefer the Heineken MLS's back tournament or the MLS's back tournament presented by Heineken? Uh, I would prefer, I would prefer the presenting sponsor be someone that makes me happy. So like if it it was the (laughs) MLS is back tournament presented by Bojangles, um, I could get into that.
0: All right. So I'm going to make a motion here. I move that on this podcast, the MLS is back tournament become known as the Bojangles cup.
1: I mean, no, unless they pay us. Yeah, if, if
2: Bojangles wants to start,
1: uh, I mean, uh, it, it, I I'll mean, yeah, chicken in lieu of money, um, but screw all corporations unless they pay us. I'm not going to endorse yes. any corporation unless they pay us. But, but you know,
2: if you're Bojangles and you would like to pay us in money or delicious chicken or both, preferably both, um, filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. We're, <laughs> we're, will, we're willing to talk.
0: So, Let's talk about DC United now. Um, drawn into Group C for this tournament, uh, along with Toronto FC, who are the seeded team in the group, uh, Montreal Impact, and the New England Revolution. Top two teams get out for sure. Third place team has a chance to to move on. This is a very advanced outable group. Um, I think. I think TFC is is probably going to walk away winners unless Michael Bradley gets real old and Josie outdoor, you know, does his hamstring in the first game. Like sometimes happens in summer tournaments like this. Um, But new England and Montreal do not instill a lot of fear in me.
1: Well, I mean, that's the whole point about this tournament is that we know nothing about what's going to happen. Josie outdoor is injury prone. Uh, TFC is up and down. It's good that DC United is in a group that's not like overwhelmingly good. We don't have the Atlanta United's, we don't have the New York City FCs uh in our group. DC United avoided a lot of the top teams in the East. And in a tournament when you don't know what's gonna happen, that's a good thing. And so I really rate their. Chances to hopefully get out. I think somebody did the math, and each individual team in each individual group in the East has like a sixty-five percent chance of getting out of the group and. Except Group A, except Group A, but we're not in Group A, so screw them. Uh, and uh, there you go. So. I'm excited. Like I was like, once I saw the groups uh, populating as, as, as time went on, I was like group C, group C, group C and DC United got group C. And so I think they got the the best group that they could have.
2: Yeah. Uh, I agree. Um, I, I will say that if DC had ended up in group E with Cincinnati and the Red Bulls, the Red Bulls aren't going to be very good this year. Um, or Columbus, for that matter, if they had taken any of those three spots, I would feel about the same in that there's one team in the group that's definitely stronger, uh, but the other two, those teams are not as good as DC. Um, And it's not that I'm overly high on DC. I don't think, um, even though it was a long time ago, I do remember the first two games of the season being a lot less than convincing. Um, You remember them at all? I don't. I do. I do remember things about them, which is strange, uh, because I've forgotten almost everything else that happened at that period of time. Um, but, like, you know, Montreal, I watched their CONCACAF Champions League games, uh, as well as their league games. They were not impressive. Um, they lost at home to Olympia in the first leg of the quarterfinal before the world stopped having sports. Um, that hasn't been finished. Who knows if it ever will be? Um but they were, they were not very impressive getting to that quarterfinal. Um, They were not very impressive in their MLS matches. Uh, They're not, they have some talented players and they're certainly capable of beating DC, but I think on a talent basis, I think DC is the better team. And I think if they played 10 times, I would expect DC to win six. Um, And it's not, again, it's not because I think DC is all that great at the, at the moment, but I just, I don't think Montreal is very good. They're just not good enough across the board. I think, um, the revs I'm even lower on than Montreal. Um, I posted this after the draw that, um, you know, the revs had, their were free from Brad Friedel bump in the middle of last season when Bruce arena first got hired. Um, they played really well and everyone was like, wow, Bruce is such a good coach. And I was like, e- everyone settled down. They're happy that Brad Friedel isn't furious at them all the time. That's all it is. And by the end of the season, they uh, I think if you count their two games played this year and their last 12 of last season, they have two wins in 14 games. Um, they're not very good. Uh, they have some good attacking players. That's about it. They don't really have a defense unless you uh, – if you buy in on the data on Matt Turner's half season last year, then they have a good goalkeeper. Nope. I I I'll give them, I'll give them good goalkeeper on the data front, but that doesn't mean they have a good defense. They have one good player back there. They're still not very good. Um, so yeah, I, I think the Revs aren't very good. I think Montreal's not very good. TFC should win the group. Um, the only, the only game I see them having any trouble with quite frankly is the Montreal game. And that's because TFC versus Montreal games are always bananas um, and can't be predicted yeah. with any, reliability they are crazy no matter what happens um so that game i figure is some sort of nightmarish 3-3 draw with a goalkeeper goal or some such nonsense um and and red cards galore um but outside Somehow of that Chris
1: konopka comes back
2: yeah why not captain caveman returns for the for tfc and uh and scores the goalkeeper goal why not um, yeah. well you know i really now i'm really hoping that whenever this schedule
0: does come out tfc montreal is immediately before Toronto, DC, because I want the, the every red cards? possibility. I want those red cards in the Toronto Montreal game to benefit. You know, it's going to be a
2: 9 a.m. game um, because the networks are going to say, despite this being maybe the best rivalry, all due respect to um, El Trafico, but I think the cr- consistently craziest game in MLS is TFC versus Montreal. It's the game that I, al- if I see them playing, I always make sure I watch it. Um, but their Canadian teams and U S networks notoriously uh, do not have any interest in Canadian professional sports teams that play in American leagues. So remember yeah, when I we used to have MLS
1: and live and we could watch them.
2: That was the best. I, we could have rewatched all of the games that were played uh, this season instead of them disappearing after a month. Thanks ESPN plus. Um, yep. But uh, that game is going to be a 9am game or a ten thirty game. It's not going to be an eight, eight, uh, 8 PM game. They're going to shift it to make sure that, um, because they're going to be like, Americans do not want to watch these two teams, regardless of the fact that you've got Altidore and Bradley huh. and players as talented as Pozuelo. And you've got Terry Reed coaching. It's, it's not going to yeah. overwhelm it for the networks. They're going to say Canadian versus Canadian. No, thank you. Um, because that's how they always act. Um, so yeah, that game will be a weird 9 AM game that will, Uh, be completely indescribable. Um, I'm sure of it. Um, But DC should be able to beat the revs and they should be able to beat the impact. Um, I don't think they'll necessarily be that good against TFC, but uh, I'm not too worried about advancing quite frankly. Now, as any tournament has taught us, if you lose your first game, uh, then you're under intense pressure right away. So you know, first game is going to determine a lot, but if they dodge TFC, if they don't have to play them in that one, then uh, they should get through. I don't know how far they're going to get. I don't really have expectations of them winning it, but they should get out of this group for sure.
0: I will say Chris, uh we last week when we, we spoke to him, we asked him about this and he said straight up that they're going down there with the mindset that why shouldn't they win it all? Um, they, they, he indicated that they seem to have that, that belief. And hopefully they do because this kind of tournament is weird and you don't know what can happen. And the knockout round is single elimination in front of no fans. Why, why not go down there just with the assumption that you have a chance? So that's, it's good to hear that, uh, especially knowing that this group is, you know, second place in this group is there for DC United to take. And if T.S.C. slips, then who knows? Um, but that seems to be the right attitude i think um dc united now in full training as of today i think as we record this on monday night mm-hmm. um which that's that's good news uh less good news is that one player we don't know who hasn't been identified uh tested positive for the coronavirus and was mildly sim- symptomatic hopefully um Whoever that player is, he makes a full recovery very quickly. And um, by all the team reports that he is, uh, whoever it is, is um, in isolation right now, in quarantine, you know, until those symptoms abate and he's no longer positive for COVID-19. So uh, hopefully a full speedy recovery um, and, and you know, some, you know, just well wishes for the unnamed player uh, on on that front.
1: Yep. Yeah. Go ahead, Ben. No, just best wishes to whoever it is. I hope they uh, get well soon and are taking care of themselves and taking care of everybody around them.
2: Yeah. You know, the, the first thought is not about soccer at all, which is a game in which yeah. people, wear tall socks
1: and shorts and go kick a ball. Well, um, some people, most people don't wear tall socks. I mean, come on. We, this is a team that had Chris Korb on the well,
2: team. Yeah, you know, most, Chris Korb was the exception, not the rule. Yeah, he stands out because
0: he, he was uncommonly short in his software. Uh, uh,
2: the The fact that you even have a choice is kind of underlines the silliness of the game because both of them are silly. Like the tall socks are silly And also being uh, someone wearing, like, uh, a credit card as a shin guard, that's also silly. Um, But, yeah, uh, you know, for whoever it is, if they come through this uh, with any or with no permanent problems from it, that's the best case, uh, and that's what we're all hoping for. Um, And the fact that they're out of the tournament, you know, first concern is not... Oh no, we're going to be missing such and such from the midfield or fr- from the front line or whatever it is. Um, it's. Uh, I hope he's okay. Uh, I hope his family wow. doesn't catch it. Um, so yeah. that over, over overshadows the whole thing by a lot. Um, the same goes to the guy from whoever it was from FC Dallas. They haven't announced uh, that player either. Um, I think DC's player is the third uh, to test positive, Casper Shabilko from Philly actually got it pretty early in the in all of this and apparently reco- recovered completely fine and is training and all that so you know hopefully the being an athlete usually helps at fighting off disease uh, hopefully it does in this case as well um, but yeah it's uh, it's the kind of thing that makes you wonder is this a good idea not because of the tournament structure argument we already had but like should sports teams be trying to come back right now uh i don't i i think they probably shouldn't quite frankly um but they're, they're doing in florida,
1: it especially in florida where cases are spiking right now
2: yeah uh it's not great i think um uh our good friend uh sandra herrera from Southside trap tweeted out a map that was showing uh both of the pro, pro soccer tournaments that are in clustered are in states that are having some of the worst, uh, spiking in the country. That's bad. Uh, hmm. that's not promising. Um, we might be talking about a tournament that never plays quite frankly. Yeah. Um, it's possible. It, yep. it would be great if, if these rates don't actually continue to affect so many people and the whole thing goes off without a hitch, that would be awesome. But, uh, I, I, Feel like I can speak for all of us when I say that I'm, I'm not exactly optimistic about that.
0: Yeah, I, I said earlier I'm I'm hype about being able to watch soccer, but that there's obviously a risk happening here, uh, a risk being taken, um, and a lot of the players are are willing, even happy and eager to take that risk because they are young and in shape, and this is their jobs, and they love playing soccer, but. It is a risk that they are taking and that, that they're being asked to take. Um, and it's, it's potentially a big risk because this virus does not mess around, even if it, you don't get COVID-19, um, which does disproportionately affect people who have other, uh, health conditions. But it can affect young, healthy people in other ways. We've, it, it Affects your blood. It affects your nervous system. It affects your internal organs. It's not just a respiratory disease. It's very, very strange. This virus. And mm-hmm. if there is an outbreak in the hotel, um, which will not be on lockdown, the staff will be just in, uh, reportedly. The s- staff will be able to go about their their regular lives in an area with a disturbingly high infection rate at the moment. Um, it's 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 kind of scary what could happen. And, and no. hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully uh, they, they are able to go forward safely if they do go forward at all, but it's, it's definitely a, a potentially scary thing. And, you know, we all just want to watch soccer, but not at the expense of people's lives. I think it's fair to say. So it's, it's I would a hope weird so. kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's definitely a weird position that, that everyone is in right now. Um, And it's, it's weird times all around, but this is especially, I think when they, when they planned the the tournament initially, and you know, it was clear very early on during the pandemic lockdown, that this was something that they wanted to do, um, as, as at least in the league office. And you have to think the assumption was that, that infection rates would be going down. We'd be, on the road to reopening fully, uh, even with some precautions until there's a vaccine. And that hasn't been the case. We didn't see the bell curve or the the spike in, in downslope that, that a lot of people expected and that, you know, the hypothetical graphs showed. And even that we've seen in a lot of other countries. Instead, we've seen a plateau in the United States. We went up and then we just kind of stayed there at yeah. the same infection rate yeah. nationally. Because really some pockets have gone down and others have gone way up. So right. it's, it. yeah, the, the whole situation is, is very messed yep. up. I think it's, so we might get soccer to watch, but there, there's obviously going to be real life concerns in the, in at least in the background, if not in the foreground.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's uh I think on one hand the league is is probably their plan all in all isn't if you said you have to do this it's not that bad of a plan um as Don Garber pointed out and I don't necessarily like citing him as being uh hard to argue with on this point but like the hotel employees are not MLS employees they don't have any hotel employees under their payroll um so I don't know how they would get the get that bubble to be complete um in any way that they're capable of doing um but at the same time the you know the obvious retort to that is like well if you're not capable of doing that then maybe you're not capable of holding this tournament um but yeah you know i i don't know what's going to happen i hope it's a lot of nervousness over something that never comes to pass um but it is it's it's pretty nerve-wracking quite frankly um because there's not a lot of time between right now and when when everything gets going and it seems like the league is very excited about being one of the only options available for sports fans um and they're just sort of kind of you know it's that thing of where you just sort of try and rush through something and hope that no one notices that it, it's gone wrong. Um, And if you can get through it fast enough, maybe you you won't have any real consequences, but there could be real consequences. Um, And I don't know if the league is necessarily prepared for it. It sounds like they, they don't have a set number of positive tests before they pull the plug on it. Um, Which I, in part, I understand because if you get a big spike on one day and then nothing else um, is that, you know, is that too much? Uh, is that not enough? I don't know. Um, but at the same time, it, it, when you when the way it was presented, it almost sounded like they didn't want to specify it because they didn't they didn't want to be in a situation where they have to pull the plug. And right. I feel like they should ha- they should have something where they're saying, "Okay, this is too much. We have to stop it." shouldn't It shouldn't be something that's based on. Um, being an art, it it should be a science. This should be a defined limit of like, okay, this has gone too far, too fast. We have to stop this immediately and get these guys out of here. Um, and I don't think that they think that way. And I can't shake my nervousness about it.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of, especially crappy given the, unlike NWSL, which gave its players, um, Blanche to just opt out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. MLS said, if you are not held out by your team's medical staff, or you do not have a, you're not in a specific family situation that requires you to stay home, like having a pregnant partner, then you have to be at this tournament. And if you're not there, there's going to be fines. <laughs> essentially, you're going to be punished for not coming yeah. here and putting yourself at risk. Um, and so I don't know if, if one of the exceptions is people who, you know, recently went through cancer treatment, for instance, like Chris Duyachin did, he is not higher risk for catching the disease, but he's at higher risk of something bad happening if he does catch it. Let's, let's not
1: talk about, he, let's not he, get into specifics he, about he, who he, is higher risk about catching no, 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 no. anything.
0: Right, I mean, he, we just know that he was a cancer patient. So like, the, and he, he mentioned it to us, like when he was talking about his apprehension, potentially about going to protests it's a similar risk going to Florida. I, I It sounded like he's excited to go down there and play, but that's something that I'm sure he has to weigh. And there's lots of other players probably around the league that have to figure that out for themselves and then figure out if they're going to get fined if they decide to take care of themselves over playing soccer. So there's, I, I'm not happy with the league for putting players in that position, especially given the, the really kind of un, un un just terrible position i think that the league took during the uh the negotiations to return to play where they reopened the the collective bargaining agreement and took a hard line and literally threatened to lock out the players if they didn't agree to some really draconian terms and it's just i don't know i'm not happy with the league i'm happy to be able to watch soccer but the league is not I think necessarily being a responsible steward of the league or, or of the sport or it's uh, it's employees right now. So I I've got a lot of conflicting feelings yes. that are coming out right now. <laughs>
1: yes. we, are, we are spiraling. We are, well, but, all, uh, all of it is, all of it is, is, is relevant, but we are spiraling. But,
2: well, I think just the, the summary of this portion of it, I would say is that this is a pro labor podcast in general. Yes. Um, yeah. So, when ownership demands 50% or maybe I, I think one of the players, uh, I think maybe it was Ethan Finley said uh, there was a 75% pay cut uh, put forward at some point. Um, um, among other things, the the reporting that was out there from, from mostly from the athletic who did a pretty great job covering the whole thing. Um, they, they were talking about a 50% pay cut. Um, the requirements to report uh, barring getting a, a hard to get waiver. Um, that was, that was bad. Um, the players I think have every right to be really frustrated and upset and let down by the league because, you know, they're the ones that are, like the guys, the guys making the decisions for the league are not risking COVID-19 uh, for public entertainment. The players are those, uh, they, they're the ones risking it. So you kind of hope that you're going to get a good faith negotiation and they did not get that at all.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a bad faith move, a jerk move by the league. And yeah, since I brought it up, I'm now just fuming about it all over again. Um, So to avoid spiraling further, let's, let's go ahead and end the show. Unless you guys have something else you want to bring up hearing nothing. Uh, I'll I'll say thank you all for listening. Find us at blackandredunited.com. If you want to support us financially, do that at patreon.com slash filibuster. Find us on Twitter at filibusterdcu, at blackandredu. Send your emails, especially sponsorship inquiries, to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe, download, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts. Mostly, though, tell a friend about the show. Uh, If you have someone who hears about the tournament and wants to hear some details especially about dc united and uh the pros and cons of the tournament send them our way uh to tell them about this podcast for jason and ben i'm adam we'll talk to you again real soon Say goodbye, jason. uh I- I'm hoping for the best expected